So good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the CMS webinar on restructuring, specifically mess redundancies in Croatia and Slovenia. Your hosts for today will be Ms. Amela Žert for the Slovenian part and uh, myself, Mia Kalajic, for Croatia. Amela and I are both attorneys at law and senior associates in our respective offices, specialized and in charge for the employment matters. We will first present you with the mess redundancy subject in both jurisdictions, both legal requirements and a couple of practical tips. As we know that at least a couple of NDs operate in both countries, we will try to show you a comparison between legal and also practical points. You will have the opportunity to ask any questions you might have throughout the presentation and we will do our best to answer them during the Q&A session at the end of the webinar. What are we going to talk about today? Mass redundancies are quite a complex topic as it also includes problems regarding normal terminations. So sure, there are some specific processes and rules you need to follow, which are specific in case you plan to terminate large number of employees, but you also need to be compliant with general termination rules and reasons. Of course, we don't have the time today to go into every specific detail, but we will try to provide you with the general picture as well as some specific issues that can arise in the practice. So we will concentrate on what qualifies as a collective redundancy, how long does it last and how much does it cost, how should negotiations with the unions and works council be conducted, and what legal and practical issues may arise during the process. In Croatia, we are talking about a mess or collective redundancy if the need for work of at least 20 employees, five of which due to business-related reasons, could cease in the 90 days period. This number of 20 employees also includes the employees whose employment contracts will end on the basis of a mutual termination agreement at the employer's initiative. The main idea behind the whole this uh, collective redundancies thing is to try to prevent or minimize the need to terminate employees in the first place. So for that purpose, the consultation process with the Works Council needs to be concluded and conducted uh, or the union representative, of course, if there is no Works Council. In practice, the employers try to avoid the whole uh, collective redundancy process by terminating 19 employees, then waiting for this period of 90 days to pass, and then terminating another 19 employees, and so on. For now, in Croatia, the courts haven't recognized this as acting in bad faith. However, I do believe that this might change in the near future. Mia, in Slovenia, for example, the rules uh, what qualifies as collective redundancy are not completely the same. As you can see on the slide, we do have different criteria. In Slovenia, collective redundancies rules apply if the need for work of at least 10 out of 20 to 100 employees or 10% out of 100 to 300 employees or in case of employers with more than 300 employees, at least 30 employees will become redundant in the 30 days period due to a business reason. Here it's worth emphasizing that terminations of all types of employment agreement are included, meaning short-time work agreements, agreements with home workers, etc. Um, the above quota also contains terminations with offer of new employment or even consensual changes of employment agreements due to change of workplace. Also in Slovenia, like in Croatia, some employers have tried to avoid the collective redundancy rules by terminating the, uh, the employees in waves. But however, the Supreme Court has ruled that if an employer determines that a certain number of workers has become redundant, it cannot circumvent the mass redundancy rules by terminating a number of employees 
under the mentioned quota for the same reason, that is for the same business reason, in the 30 days period. This would constitute an abuse of right and such terminations would thus be unlawful. So, you found out that the restructuring you're planning to conduct qualifies as a collective redundancy. And what now? So, in short, this is the timeline of the whole process in Croatia. We will talk about each of the phases in a couple of minutes. So, as you can see, after the decision on termination is reached, the consultation process with the Works Council needs to be conducted. The Works Council has eight days to respond. If they don't respond, it is deemed that they have no objections at all, and you can consider yourself a lucky employer. But if they provide their response, then the consultation process needs to last as long as there are points open for discussion. So, um, of course, if you hit the wall and there is no chance you will reach an agreement with the Works Council, this is also a legit sign that the consultation process is over and you can move on. You need then to inform the Croatian Unemployment Agency about the intentions and about the conducted consultations. The employer must not terminate the employees within the next 30 days and this deadline can be prolonged for the additional 30 days period by the agency. As soon as the agency gives the green light and the second round of consultation process, and this time regarding the individual termination decisions, with the Works Council needs to be conducted. The process is basically the same as in the first consultation process, so eight days for the Works Council to respond and conducting the process as long as uh, there are points open for discussion left. And only then, after this phase is over, the employer can provide the employees with their termination decisions and their notice periods can start running. So, of course, the duration of the notice period will depend on the length of employment of every individual employee. And only after the notice period expires, the usual termination procedure can be followed. So, you have to deregister employees from the pension and health insurance and provide them with the necessary documentation. We cannot state with certainty how long will each of the collective redundancies processes last, as it depends on many different factors. However, generally speaking, if there are no road bumps and everything goes smoothly in the practice, you need to consider the approximate period of at least two months before the individual notice periods start running. The timeline in Slovenia is a bit different than in Croatia. First, the employer will have to establish that the need for work of a specific number of employees will cease in the next 30 days. And once that is done, the employer will need to notify the trade union about the mass redundancy process. As you can see, this needs to be done as soon as possible. A copy of such written notification will have to be sent to the Employment Service of Slovenia. And after this notice, the consultations with the trade unions will follow. After the consultations with the trade unions, hopefully they go smoothly, a notification to the uh, employment service of Slovenia will follow. This notification is important because with this notification a so-called termination ban period occurs. That means that 30 days after this notification was given, the employer cannot serve termination decisions to the employees. However, in the meantime, the employer will prepare the collective redundancy program and consult with the involved parties and adopt the collective redundancy program. After that and the lapse of the termination ban period, only then the employer will be able to deliver the termination decisions to the employees. And of course, like Mia said, the notice periods of employees will start to run. The duration of these depend on the individual notice periods of each employee. 
and once they expire, the employment relationship of the employees will be terminated, which means what is left for the employer to do is to deregister the employees from social securities and deliver a confirmation that this has been done and that social contributions of employees have been paid to the employees. A copy of this certificate will have to be served to them. Similar like in Croatia, the total uh, duration of the process would be somewhere 60 to 90 days, depending whether the termination ban period would be prolonged by the Employment Service of Slovenia, and also depending on how the consultations with the trade unions go. Now let's look at the costs, also the same for Croatia and Slovenia. I leave the word to Mia. Of course, one of the most important aspects are the costs. In general, you need to take into consideration the salaries during the entire process, so up until the notice period of each employee expires, as well as severance payments of each employee. Then you will also need to pay the remuneration for unused holidays, if the employee hasn't used them for whatever reason, and some additional payments, if payable under the employment contract, collective bargaining agreements, employment bylaws, or other internal documents. Of course, legal costs come on top of that. Again, there is no way of saying how much will it cost you exactly, but we suggest to take the timeline we previously mentioned into consideration, as well as individual salaries and severance payments amounts, and add at least a couple of months worth salaries into the equation, because the process may and usually is unexpectedly prolonged in the practice. I assume something similar is in Slovenia, right? Yes, Mia, thank you. Yeah, actually, the same costs more or less will arise to the employers conducting mass redundancies in Slovenia as well. I would only add that by the additional payments and benefits that we mean also payments and costs that will arise due to the additional measures that the employers adopt to mitigate the harmful consequences of the uh, terminations, for example, cost of outplacement of employees or any additional benefits that the employer would grant to the employees. So therefore, as you have mentioned, Mia, it's always better to include a buffer, an extra, so there are not no additional unpleasant surprises because you never know what exactly you will come out with from the negotiation procedure with trade unions. Okay, now well, let's say a couple of words on each stage of the process. So first for Croatia, as we mentioned, the employer first needs to reach a decision on termination of the specific number of employees. It is very important that the justified reasons for business-related termination exist. So the same in case of any normal, so to say, termination, so reorganizational, technological or economical reasons. For the current situation related to COVID-19, it might be interesting uh, to mention that According to the previous court practice in Croatia, drop of revenues or profit in the current period is by itself not enough to justify the terminations, but the business results at the end of the business year need to show the drop compared to the previous year. So this basically means that employers would need to wait until the end of the business year to make employees redundant. Of course, there is still no practice directly connected to the COVID-19, but considering this whole situation, I really do believe that the courts will not stick to this previous practice and will consider drop of income compared to, let's say, the same trimester of last year as relevant enough. The decision needs to be detailed as detailed as possible. Uh, but exact names of employees who will be terminated do not need to be stated just yet. This will have to be decided only after the consultation procedure is finished or during the procedure itself. 
When initiating the consultation process, the written notification containing the information you can see on the screen needs to be sent to the Works Council. So basically this means reason for termination, the number of affected employees, information of the, on those employees, criteria you used when electing them, um, amounts of uh, severance and other payments, and the measures the employer undertook to prevent the terminations. So in order to simplify the whole thing, it is advisable to state all this information in the decision already and just send it to the Works Council. If the Works Council replies within eight days, as of the moment it received the letter, then the consultation process needs to be conducted. And besides the written communication, um, it will probably be necessary to hold a meeting and discuss the possibility to actually avoid the terminations. After the consultation process is over, and please bear in mind that the employer and the Works Council don't have to actually reach the agreement, so it is also not necessary to have the Works Council approvals for termination. It just suffices that the employer actually and really consulted the Works Council. So after the process is over, the written notification to the unemployment agency needs to be provided, and the notification needs to contain at least the following information you can also see on the screen. So. This basically includes the information which were already stated in the notification to the Works Council, information on duration of the consultation process, what was concluded and which were the results of that consultation process, and written reports of the Works Council if they were provided. The unemployment agency then has 30 days to consider the information and to try to find proper employment for the employees who will be terminated. So this is the purpose of the agency being involved. You can expect for the agency to ask for additional information and paperwork. And it is also possible for the Works Council to involve again and send its remarks and proposals to the agency directly. So if the agency feels that 30 days is not enough, it can prolong the deadline for the additional 30 days. And this is very important because this means that no terminations must take place before that period expires. After the agency provides its blessing or doesn't respond at all, this can also happen and has happened in the practice, the second round of the consultation process with the Works Council can and should be initiated. It can be a bit confusing because you basically have two rounds of consultations, but this time, so the second time, it will not be about the reasons for mass redundancies or the process itself. It will be about the termination of each individual employees. So you have to prepare the individual termination decisions, meaning that selection criteria need to be applied, which is very important, and you have to consult the Works Council accordingly. What is also very important, if you intend to terminate a Works Council member, you need to ask for a Works Council's consent. So not just consult them, but you need to ask for their consent. If they don't provide it, you can ask for the court or arbitral decision to replace it. But let me just say this out loud, it doesn't function in the practice in Croatia, so it's better to try to actually obtain the consent. And if you intend to terminate a union representative, then you need to ask for the union's consent. If they don't provide it, you can also ask for the court, this time not arbitral decision to replace it. But again, this is a very lengthy procedure and it's just not worth it. The consultation process will be the same as the first one. So meetings, discussions, taking into account all suggestions and proposals of the Works Council. And if the first negotiation round is done properly, then this second one will most probably be just a formality.
So after the second round of negotiations is finished, uh, your termination decisions can be provided to the employees. The delivery of this termination decision itself will need to be done in accordance with the employment contracts or internal acts. But if the delivery is not regulated, then it is in any case advisable to make the delivery in person and ask the employee to confirm the receipt by the signature. So two witnesses should always be present. If the employee refuses to confirm the receipt, then um, the witnesses should state what happened and confirm by their signature that the termination decision was indeed handed over to the employee. The notice period starts running now. The duration will depend on the duration of employment of each employee. It can last uh, for between two weeks and four months. After the notice period expires, then the severance payment will become due. And formally speaking, a severance payment becomes due on the last day of employment. But in practice, it is usually paid together with the last salary and this is tolerated in the practice. The only remaining thing to do now is to deregister the employees from social securities and to provide them with deregistration certificates, salary and severance payment calculations, and certificates on duration of employment and performed tasks. So deadlines, especially for deregistrations, are very strict. So keep this in mind if you don't want to be held liable for misdemeanor. Now let's look at the specifics for Slovenia. As Mia already mentioned, a real and founded business reason must exist also in case of collective redundancies. The business reason in Slovenia is defined as a termination of the need to perform certain work under the terms of the employment contract due to economic, organizational, technological, structural or similar reasons on the side of the employer. The reasoning will have to be well substantiated and depending on the type of business reason, it will also need to be suitably backed up. What I mean by this is, for example, in case that you're terminating the contract due to a reorganization in the company, that is the reorganizational reason, the courts do not review whether the reorganization was needed or suitable or if it really makes sense, so to say, because um, this is something that is up to the employer, but the courts will verify only if the reorganization was real, so it was not uh, fabricated for some other true reason. Whereas in the case of uh, grounding determinations based on economic reasons, for example, cost effectiveness of the decision, in that case, in case of a dispute, bear in mind that you will have to be, uh, you will actually have to back this up by evidence and also present some numbers. Once the employer established that the need for work will cease, the employer will have to notify the trade union about it as soon as possible. As I already mentioned before, the law does not specify this term soon as possible, but from the logic and the main purposes of the mass redundancies procedures, it is, has to be on time so the trade unions can evaluate all the data sent and prepare for the consultations. The written notification must include at least the information that is listed on the slide. That is the reasons for determinations, the total number and categories of all employees with the employer, the envisaged categories of redundant employees, the envisaged deadline in which the need of employees' work will cease, and the selection criteria for defining the redundant employees. As already mentioned before, a copy of this notification must be sent to the Employment Service of Slovenia. After this, the consultation process with the trade union will begin with the main goal being that the trade union and the employer reach an agreement. The employer conducts meetings and discussions uh, beforehand regarding the proposed criteria of the redundant employees, uh, measures to prevent 
uh, and limit the number of terminations to the extent possible, and also by taking into consideration any possible other re-employment of the employees, as well as possible measures to prevent and mitigate harmful consequences of the terminations. Like Mia said, also in Slovenia, the final decision on these topics remains with the employer. Therefore, you do not need to get the consent of the trade union. You only need to consult with them. After the consultations with the trade union, the employer will also need to notify the Employment Service of Slovenia about the collective redundancy. Again, the law is not very specific about when exactly this should be done after the notice to the trade unions. But considering the content of the notice to the ECC, it is clear that it should be done after the consultations with the trade union. According to the Supreme Court, the consultations do not have to be finalized when the notice to the ECC is given, but they should be happening. So you need to inform the ECC about the procedure of determining the need for the redundant worker has ceased, on the performed consultations with the trade union, about the reasons for the redundancy, numbers and categories of all employees, planned categories of all employees, and on the time period when the need for the redundant workers will cease. This notice is very important because, like I mentioned already before, in the period of 30 days since this notice, the employer cannot hand out the termination notices, the individual termination notices to the employees. This is the so-called termination ban period. And the law further provides the possibility of the ECC to extend this termination ban period for another 30 days, that is in total 60 days. And according to the Slovenian law, this deadline cannot be shortened. The employer must discuss and follow the proposals by the employment service about the possible measures for prevention and limiting the number of terminations of employees, and also of the measures for mitigating the harmful effects of the terminations. As mentioned already before, uh, the copy of this uh, notice must be sent to the trade unions as well. Another very important part of the mass redundancy procedure, and this is different than in Croatia, obviously, is the adoption of the redundancy program. The law, again, stipulates the obligatory ingredients of that program. It's very similar to the information that has been already uh, given to other involved parties except that in this case, we have also the list of redundant employees. That is, the mass redundancy program needs to include names and surnames of the employees that are being made redundant. And also the plan has to be financially evaluated. In the financial evaluation, you need to, as employer, include all the costs that you will have in this relation. Uh, for example, with the severance payments, outplacements, or any additional potential measures that you will be uh, offering, like provision of financial assistance or uh, how much it will cost you to offer uh, employment uh, on another job position and similar. Once the termination ban period has lapsed and you have adopted your uh, mass redundancy plan, the, you can start with the delivery of termination decisions to the employees. The terminations should be served personally in the premises of the employer, just the same as in case of individual terminations. If this is not uh, possible because, for example, the employees are on sick leave or something, then we advise that the terminations are served via a detective. 
We know that this is more expensive for employers, so this cost maybe should also be calculated like we mentioned before. But this is the best way for preventing employees to avoid service of the termination and thus sets off the start of the notice period. When it comes to notice periods, the notice periods, they start to run the next day as of service of the termination notice. However, it is possible that the employer defines in the redundancy program that all notice periods for all employees start to run as of the same day. Even if this is agreed, this does not affect the duration of the notice period. The duration of the notice period depends on the years of service of each employee with the employer. The minimum is 30 days, and then for each year, another two days are granted. Therefore, it can go up to 60 days, whereas in case of employment for over 25 years, the notice period is 80 days. The employer must also pay uh, all employees a statutory severance payment envisaged by the law. And this severance payment also depends on the years of service. The payment is due on the last day of the employment. So when the notice periods have elapsed and the employment relationship of the employees over, the employer must also deregister the employees from all social securities. That means the registration from pension, disability and health insurance, parental care insurance and unemployment insurance. In Slovenia, this is done through a so-called M2 form and it's done online. This must be done within eight days after the employment is over. Whereas copy of the certificate of the registration from the insurance has to be given to the employee within 15 days from the termination of the employment relationship. So now let's look at how should you negotiate with the unions and works council? Uh, how should you conduct these uh, negotiations? I leave the word to Mia. Yeah, just a quick overview regarding the negotiations, because this seems to be a tough point in the practice for all employers. So in Croatia, even though the involvement of the Works Council can seem a formality, it really isn't, because the Works Council can in reality stall and prolong and complicate the procedure significantly. And for that reason, it is important to handle the negotiations as amicable and as open as possible. It is important to know that if there is no works council, the union representative will take over the role of the works council and everything we mentioned for the works council will apply to the union representative. Of course, it is possible that even if there is a works council, the unions need to be included in the consultation process as well. This is specifically in case if there is a collective bargaining agreement, uh, which explicitly prescribes the obligations of the employer. So if this is the case, the easiest solution is to conduct all consultations so with the works council and the unions together. When it comes to what to expect and how to prepare for consultations, um, the best advice I can give you is to decide in advance what are you willing to negotiate and give in. As already mentioned, it is not necessary to agree on everything. However, the agreement will make your life easier and the process shorter. So consider making some compromises, offer something in return for their cooperation. I can give you one of the recent examples from our practice. This was the annex to the collective bargaining agreement that has been negotiated and concluded during the consultation process, obliging the employer to offer the new employment to the terminated employees in case the need arises in the period of two years after the termination. So this was something the unions and the works council insisted on and the employer said, okay. So this was a pretty good solution. I think a similar thing goes for Slovenia as well. 
Yeah, Mia, well, it's hard to add anything to what you have already said in relation to the manner how to conduct these negotiations. Like you said, it's very important that the entire process and the consultations are done transparently and openly. So not to repeat everything that has been said, I would say that in sense, everything you've said would also apply to Slovenia as well. Further, as you have noticed in Croatia, the main focus is on the Works Council, where here in Slovenia we focus mostly on the trade union, but also Works Council could be involved in Slovenia. That is, if there is a Works Council in your company, you have to involve them as well. Um, and please bear in mind that depending on what reason has brought to a mass redundancy, you might need the consent of the Works Council, not just the consultation for that decision and not only the consultations, like I said. Again, in Slovenia, I would want to emphasize that consultations with the trade unions are a very crucial part of the process, because if the notifications and consultations are not performed, and they should have been, the terminations will be deemed unlawful. Yeah, so what can you expect, practically speaking, in the mass redundancy process? So in Croatia, the selection process and criteria needs to be applied when deciding which employees to terminate. It's not specific for mass redundancies, but for every business-related termination. It is, however, a hot topic which becomes relevant, especially in case of mass redundancies. The law prescribes years of age, years of service, and support obligations as necessary criteria. But the employer can introduce certain other criteria as well he deems important, for example, responsibility, work performance, and so on. It is important that legally prescribed criteria must not be excluded, that any criteria prescribed by the employment bylaw or the collective bargaining agreement need to be respected, and the additional employer-imposed criteria must not prevail to the extent that legally prescribed criteria is marginalized. So take into consideration legal criteria, but also define your own criteria, which is which is even important. In Slovenia, the Slovenian Employment Relationship Act also envisages that the employer define the mentioned selection criteria. However, there are a few differences. First one is that the selection criteria in case of mass redundancies do not have to be applied in case of individual terminations due to business reason. This is because the only criteria actually that the employer has to follow during the individual terminations due to business reason is that the employee is not chosen based on some discriminatory circumstances. Secondly, our law provides a list of criteria, which is not exhaustive. And further, if it's agreed with the trade union, the employer may, instead of following the criteria in the sectoral collective agreement, define also its own criteria. Otherwise, the employer actually follows the criteria in the collective agreement, but very in majority, of course, they follow the list that is included in the Employment Relationship Act. Okay, so the next point, the matter which might be of relevance for mass redundancies is how to treat individual business units, such as stores. For example, you have decided to close one store in which 10 employees work. The question is, do you need to consider and apply termination criteria also to employees employed in your other stores, even though those stores will not be closed? 
The court practice in Croatia is not unified, but more recent court decisions indicate that all employees working on the same positions, so in our example, store sellers, need to be mutually compared, especially if their employment contracts don't indicate that the employees are bound to that one store exclusively. So regardless of the fact that you are going to terminate employees, you wanted to terminate solely employees in one store, you will have to compare them with all, all sellers in all your stores. This is quite controversy, but this is like that in Croatia, but I believe it's a bit different in Slovenia. Uh, this is quite interesting case law that you have, but in Slovenia, for example, the Supreme Court has already ruled that when it comes to different individual departments, organizational units with certain specifics, the workers in other departments in which the need for their work does not change are not to be included in the selection circle of employees whose employment contracts will be terminated. What is interesting, one judgment that I stumbled upon is, for example, an employee was working in a shop and its employment agreement included a provision on the workplace in a chain of organizational units, that is a chain of each shop is an organizational unit, that if you're terminating such an employee, then you need to look at all the organizational units to which the employee would not travel more than three hours in both directions as its workplace. So that means that you would need to do the comparison also, for example, in another shop, if it's really close to the shop where the employee is working at the moment, because it has a broad definition of a workplace in its contract. So that's also an interesting point. Yeah, I believe this makes a lot more sense than the Croatian solution, but it's uh, like it is. Just moving on and wrapping up, so when it comes to sick leaves, this is also a hot topic for Croatian employers because a lot of employees tend to go on sick leaves and thereby prolong their notice period. This is always a problem when it comes to termination. So the only way to prevent this actually in Croatia is to exempt the employees from work obligation during the notice period because in that way the notice period will not be interrupted by sick leave. As a way of advice, do it in the termination decision already, as it is questionable whether you can do it later once the notice period starts running. Well, that's really interesting. We don't have similar solution in Slovenia. The effect sick leave has on termination notices is different in Slovenia in comparison to Croatia. So in Slovenia, if the employee goes on a sick leave, that doesn't stop the employer to serve the termination notice and the notice period to start to run, but it will have the effect on the final termination date. So if the employee is on sick leave, that is longer than its notice period, the employment will not terminate prior to the first day of return of the employee to work from the sick leave, but not later than six months after the expiry of the notice period. So that basically means that in case of a long-term sick leave, the notice period could be prolonged for an additional six months after the expiry of the notice period, but that's the maximum. And unfortunately, there is actually no way to avoid this. Okay, so when it comes to protected categories of employees in Croatia, we will not go into details, but just have in mind that some employees may not be terminated at all. Some employees can be terminated solely with the consent of the Works Council, while union representatives can be terminated solely with the consent of the union. Who is protected in Slovenia? 
Well, it's very much similar. So uh, it's the same for the trade unions and the works council members. Then for elderly employees, you need to obtain their consent. Parents and pregnant women are protected as well in a way that you cannot terminate their contract during the protected period at all. Even with the consent, there is no consent actually here. So it's something to be kept in mind and a very important topic as well in Slovenia. Yeah, so it's the similar similar as in Croatia. Okay, so to to conclude the part for Croatia, the question is what can you expect next after you're done with uh, collective redundancies? So, of course, there is always a possibility for each of the terminated employees to contest the termination. They need to file the request for protection of rights within 15 days as of the moment they receive their termination decision. And there is, of course, always a possibility of the court proceedings. So try to be compliant throughout the mass redundancy process as much as possible. It is also worth mentioning that within a six months period following the termination, uh, the employer must not employ a new employee for the same position because the misdemeanor liability is prescribed. So if you want to hire a new employee for the same job within the subject period, you must offer an employment contract to the terminated employee first. Only if he refuses, then you can search further. In Slovenia, the regulation is a little bit different here. When it comes to uh, contesting the terminations, the employees may file a lawsuit due to unlawfulness of termination within 30 days upon service of the termination notice. And the deadline, and this deadline starts to run the next day after the service. Further, there are no statutorily provided deadlines or obligations of offering the terminated employees with employment first. However, if you have any pending termination cases, New employments uh, will most likely be brought up in these uh, procedures in the context of true existence of the business reason, thus employers should take this into consideration when thinking of hiring new employees for similar job positions that were made redundant.